The Toddcast Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and at toddhancock.ca. Right on, brother. Good to see you, man. I was just jumping on the YouTube page to see when the last time we we jumped on a video together, and it's been about a year and a half. Yeah. That time, makes flies, sense. time flies, dude. It's crazy, right? Totally. So what's going on in your world? You've got the, the new Art of Dying album is being released. Yeah. Um, Let's Go comes out uh, any day now, and we're pretty stoked about it. It's good. Um, it's, you know, it's a good little good little number. How much, um, of that, how much of that did you have ready to go in, in, in studio? How much was conceived, like, because of COVID and all that? So... You know, we've been on this uh, release. We kind of decided during the pandemic, like, let's release a song every eight to twelve weeks because mm-hmm. we got we got bored and we were like, let's let's just how do we do this? Well, you, you know? got the music. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Exactly. So we started going through the back catalog and going through the the B sides that never got released and like, oh shit, this song's pretty cool. Why, why didn't we release that again? You I know. know? And, and like, it's, it's all stuff that of course your core fans are going to be like, yes. Totally. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, mainly Tavis and I have kind of been spearheading the, the new kind of releases just because he's become really great producer in the last five years, 10 years. Um, and with technology catching up along the way, we're just able to hammer stuff out remotely. He's in Vegas, I'm in Vancouver. So we just bounce ideas back and forth. And uh, next thing you know, there's a song coming together. Although this one, Let's Go, actually, I was in Vegas for um, for a, a food show with our sauce company. And uh, of course, Tavis and I connected while I was there and I, basically told him, yeah, man, I'm on my way here. I was writing notes about what we should work on next. And we should, we should really write a song called let's go. Cause I've been, um, truth be told, it's, um, it's really, uh, a song about what well, was inspired by Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers. Really? <laughs> so I became, so I've always been an Oilers fan, right? I grew up just outside of Edmonton. Um, always loved the Oilers got, I had so many treats in that, uh, in that building in Edmonton. And then when I moved out to Vancouver, I became a Canucks fan and then slowly worked my way back to Edmonton over the last decade. And then the pandemic, um, you know, I think we were all grasping for like shit that could ground us, you know, and like get us back to something subnormal. And, uh, hockey became a thing for me during the pandemic. I was like listening to hockey pods and, and just like, diving into even though it was you know the the pandemic season in hockey or seasons um yeah it's probably weird for them to play with no fans in the stands right like totally weird weird, right yeah like you like you doing a show with like nobody in the audience like hello and that's happened believe me (laughs) hey (laughs) yo i remember one one really cold night in uh oh shit what was that city? Well, it was bad. <laughs> there was a really rough show. It's one of my least favorite. Oh, I can't remember the city's name right now, but when it comes to me later, I'll mention yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have those shows, though. Everybody has those shows. Like, that's something I think sometimes people forget is like bands like Zeppelin had, like, you know, nobody coming to their shows. The Beatles had 15 people at shows. Like, 
you know, everybody has those shows. And you know what is special as they, they become special because you remember them forever. Sure. And there's 12 people there and you're like, wow. I'm going to remember you 12 people for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, you're you're amazing. People, including the bar stuff, you know, the weight stuff. <laughs> so that's cool. Oh, so, so hockey plays a big part in your life still present day though, right? Yeah. So like the pandemic got me super back into it. Like I became a super fan again and I was following the Oilers uh, real closely and they're really good right now. So it's oh. fun to watch. Imagine if they um, actually had some real good tending. Oof. Dude, it's coming. Unstoppable, man. It's coming. Skinner's Skinner's tight, and Campbell he's he's not showing his best. He's showing his worst. So I think he's gonna I think he's gonna come around, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but what I noticed honestly is in Connor McDavid the, the transition the last couple of years from young guy to maybe disappointed that they're not getting further to now driven. Like he is so next level driven. And when he scores now, he's not, he's not like, yeah, it was me. I did it. He's like, fuck that. He's like, let's go work. Let's go now. And you, you can, if you, if you YouTube Connor McDavid scoring or sellies or something, you'll just see him going, looking at his bench going, let's go. And I was, I'm like, and, and lots of that's common in sports. I think now is, is it's a phrase that's coming around, but he inspired me to be like, Oh yeah. Like look at your own life. It's not about celebrating. I, I did that today as much as it is. I did that today. Cause I'm going there and that's where I really want to be. Let's go. And mm -hmm. it just it really, yeah, it really just fired me up. Um, and that's kind of where the title came from. And then I just thought, why, why stray from the title in, in the lyrics? So I'm sitting in Vegas in a, in a motel, or motel, hotel, whatever, on the strip. And Tavis is coming down later. And I just thought, I'm just going to write this thing. Man. And I just, you know, hacked into it, wrote the words. And then him and I came up with a riff. And wow. next thing you know, man, this, this was like five weeks ago. <laughs> you know? So we're turning it around so fast, which is so exciting and so different than, um, you know, like in, let's say, a case study of a song like Get Through This, where, you you know, I wrote it in a futon store in Vancouver in 2005 mm -hmm. and then, you know, put it out on our indie record in 2007 and then put it out on our Warner Brothers record in 2012 and then toured the shit out of it for six years. And so people are hearing that on stage in 20, whatever, they're hearing like a 15 year old song, right. you know, which is interesting because it's still impactful. It still has the meaning, but when you hear let's go, you're hearing exactly what Tavis and I were thinking five weeks ago, which is a pretty cool, thing to have happen now you know like and, and right. you think about that with every, every record that you idolize and that, like i think about pearl jam 10 one of my favorite records of all time mm. you know i'm thinking what were these guys fucking thinking during that time like was eddie in california and just come up with these ideas on his way up to seattle or were they all in a room and you know did was yeah. chris cornell hanging out and they're just going 
yeah, you know, like, uh, I'm still alive, you know, I'm still alive. Like, was, was that Eddie just by himself that he wrote about something personal 10 years before that? Or was it in the moment? It happened that night on the phone. and then, Last week or something? Like, it's cool yeah, to get those backstories, right? And as the general public, when we hear that song for the first time, is this like a, an olden day story from one of the band, you know, their, their trek in life? Or is this... Did this just happen? Is this fresh? So it's yeah. pretty interesting to think about songs right now, at least in our world, Art of Dying's world. We can be inspired, write it, record it, produce it, mix it, master it, put it online, and you get to hear exactly what we're thinking five weeks ago, which is pretty, yeah. pretty so, fresh. Pretty now, cool. now does it have the legs that uh, Get Through This does? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Are we'll you, you going to be playing this in, in uh, you know 2040? <laughs> right like i well, that's trippy to think because you'll still be doing this in in 15 years like no way you're not oh, going to be doing this yeah there's no uh there's no way there's no reason to ever stop I think, why, right? why would you yeah at, like you at, look at, at this point why would you like the, i feel the same at, way for, for what i'm doing like why would i ever stop the podcast like unless i i, I don't know i'm i just want to retire i guess but like ultimately yeah. why would not You'd have to be sick or bored or tired or, or you yeah, know. something. Something would have to happen in my life. I hope you're not getting any of those things, and I hope I'm not either. We'll just keep plugging. Just keep cruising along. Yeah, man. So, and, and of course, right right now, Tavis is out on the road uh, with the boys in Saint Sonia. Yeah, which is awesome. My whole band is on the road with yeah, Adam. Gaudier. The whole band, yeah. True enough. Yeah, true enough. That's crazy, right? <laughs> Which is, it's great. I mean, I'm celebrating for them from afar. Yeah. And um, it, it's interesting to see the guys. I'm like, hey, you know, any pictures that Adam aren't in, you know, you just save those for our files, right? Just make right. sure that the same as Sonya banner's not in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's great. But no, it's great because, you know, Adam is such a, he's such a great guy too, right? And, and you know, to, to have him kind of in your corner must be pretty awesome to have like that sort of think tank at your disposal oh, too, right? he's he's the best i mean kale and i are like brothers and adam and kale are basically yeah. brothers and yeah. um you know adam's helped us on so many occasions just we've written together on porches in ontario we've had well, him he, guessing, he, he on guessing, a bunch of songs. guessing on inside it's raining and yeah he guessed it on raining he guessed it on uh, another song that we wrote with him and then we ended up not using that, but we, you know, he, he was just, he was really um, benevolent with his voice. He was sick in Vancouver on tour three days grace. And I said, Hey, do you still want to sing on <laughs> raining? And, you know, and he's like, mm. I'm sick, but sure, I'll do it. I'm like, Fuck. like, I don't know many singers that would be ill totally. and on tour and trying to save their voice that would rip into a studio for eight hours and lay down yeah, some like, vocals like, for you. Yeah, like, so, sorry, buddy, I gotta, like, sing tonight and I gotta, you know, rest and drink some tea and not use my voice. Exactly. Which is, you know, um, reminds me of Uproar. We we were on a big tour called Uproar and I lost my voice for real for the first time in my life and a doctor in LA said, don't speak for 48 hours. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna miss three shows great that's awesome and adam stepped up and sang my set for me <laughs> so, Dude, that's crazy <laughs> when was that 
So that would have been 2012, 2013. Um, and it was, it was awesome because the um, Sean from Cedar came up and sang a song. Mm. Uh, Adam came up and sang a few. Um, one of the uh, guys from the opening bands came up and covered a few. Tavis just straight up covered a few. And we got through our set. And to be honest, we, just, we were being paid like, I don't know, $1,000 a show. Mm. And we just, we couldn't afford to not do the shows. We're like, that's our gas money, man. Like, if we don't but, get, you know. And those are the get, shows that people remember too. Like, not that great. just an average, you know, Art of Dying show is great, of course. That's what fans come to see. But like, those are the shows where you're like, holy shit, I saw, you know, Seether Singer and I saw adam from three days grace jump up and like those shows where you're like man i can't believe i was at that show yeah so i'm trying to remember the guy who sang uh is brandon was his name oh uh, breaking benjamin was, no i forget the name of his band he is in atreyu oh okay. um, but, he's, but he's not a singer in atreyu i forget what he plays in that band but he was the singer from oh it was like uh Hell, Brandon. I apologize. Hell, hell or high water. Hell or high water. All right. There it is. Um, I'm yeah, so he, where, where are they from? He stepped in. U.S. somewhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know the state, but um, toured with them and stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, you know that was so for me. I was probably tearing up side stage because I'm on voice rest, holding like a video camera, watching mm. all these guys fill in for me, going. Dudes, this is a special moment, you know? Like, I wish I was singing right now, but this is pretty special. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Like, some some crazy memories for you over the years. Like, could you pick a, just like, you know, if I if I said pick three career highlights, you could do that. But could you, could you pick it to one? I can't remember if I've asked you this before. You know, it's kind of like um, remembering uh, your life through mm. pictures, you know, when, when you're, when you remember your childhood and you go, Oh, remember that time I caught that big fish and I held it up with my dad and we took that picture. And then you have to ask yourself, am I just remembering the fucking picture? Yeah, or am I right. remembering the moment? Right. So, so now that a lot of our moments have been, um, you know, uh, written in stone on YouTube or whatever. So there's this moment where, we're playing at rock on the range in Ohio. And, um, I remember so, so well that I'm like, we roll in at noon. I'm super hungover. Uh, you know, all I need is a coffee and I'm just like trying to find a coffee, but we're on in like 15 minutes. So I can't find a coffee. So David Draymond and Dan Donigan come over side stage and they're like, don't fuck this up. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> David had a big chat with me about like X factors, man. Don't let the X factors get to you. You know, like, like all the, the, the side thing. And I'm like, fuck, dude, he's right. But in this moment, I need shit. There's a Jack Daniels. Whew, okay. Let's hit the stage, right? Liquid courage. Let's go. And we did it. And it was a great show. And the, um, you can look it up on YouTube. There was this moment where um, we sang Best I Can, which was our ballad off that Warner Brothers record. Mm. And someone in the audience was on, not in the, the pit with us, but was up, up on the side of the stadium. 
and they they there there's you know honed in on us and then they zoomed out and you look down and there's like 15,000 people and they all have their hands up to to best i can at 12:30 p.m. on a saturday in the sun and everyone's probably had a shot of jack too and it's like ah what yeah. a great moment and no, nobody really knew who we were then you know it was just like they were just in the moment with us and that was really really cool um then there's the time we're standing backstage in um, Wisconsin and the G the DJ from the local station there says, he's on the phone. He's like pacing around. He goes, yeah, maybe Art of Dying will do it. It's like two in the morning. We're after the show. Everyone's just partying. And he's like, hey, you guys want to sing the, the U.S. national anthem tomorrow at uh, Speedway, at Chicago Speedway? What? Like, huh? Okay. But you'd have to leave right now if you're going to get there. So we hop in the, whatever we're driving, I think it was an RV. We stay up all night learning the American National Anthem because we didn't know it. Sure. How are we going to do it? You know, like, am I just going to sing it? Is it a whole band? Is it, do we bring a guitar? Like, how are we going to do this? All right. What do we do good? We do good harmonies, right? So let's, let's just do three-part harmonies all night long in the RV on the way to Chicago Speedland or Chicago Speedway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we get there. Holy man. And shit gets real. Like all the TV cameras, the fucking NASCAR, everything, everything's like, whoa, we're being walked to the track. And there's 40,000 people getting ready to watch Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, here is recording artist Art of Die, 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 going to yeah, sing yeah. the national anthem. And we, we busted it out seven in the morning, you know, wow. up all night, trying to learn it. A bunch of Canadians singing the, the American national anthem. <laughs> That's That's incredible. Unforgettable. And also on YouTube. <laughs> so wow. go check it out. <laughs> Shit like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's cool because, you know, as, as much as it's the cool side to see uh, as fans of your band to see those shows where again the, with Seether singing and with Adam singing and stuff it's cool to know that like there's moments like that for you guys too right like there's certain moments in your career yeah sure it's cool to be in a band that tours and has albums and they do well and everything else but like it's that what's that next step for you guys because there's got to be something that's different than show to show otherwise becomes a bit like Groundhog Day does it not yeah, and I mean that's touring in a nutshell, right? You kind of wake up and never know where, what city you're in, and right. you just want a coffee. Just <laughs> like give me a coffee. Just and want to be normal, like yeah, like I yeah. want to wake up and like have a shower, have a coffee. Do my exactly. So, with the boys being on the road with Santa Sonia right now, I'm kind of like I love it. I'm envying them, and I, I'm I'm wishing them the best. At the same time, I'm doing a lot of shit with my food company right now, and I mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in that that world. So kind of, it's the best of both worlds right now where they're on the road, enjoying that and having a great time. I, although I know how the grind is, it's, it's a grind out there. They're probably like, you know, rolling into a gas station right now, trying to put quarters into a shower machine or something stupid. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, those tours are great. Right. Until you think about, you're never in a hotel and you're like, wow, all right. I got to sleep in basically a coffin every night. And, uh, when am I going to shower again? Right. 
Yeah, if you're if you're not in a hotel motel with showers and stuff, I'm sure it must be. That's a different way of touring. That was always a thing for us because we we did it all right. We went van trailer, RV, which we we brought back in two pieces, and they basically <laughs> put like I think we almost went to court on that RV. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, it was not good. Uh, then we went to the bandwagon, which is the best. It's the the bus you can drive yourself, so yeah. it's it's awesome. But um, but you have to drive it yourself, so you're screwed once again because yeah. the headlining band doesn't care if they're driving 17 hours tonight because they're going to be sleeping in their bunk right while their driver's driving them. And the guy in the bandwagon, it's like rock paper scissors to see who has to drive 17 hours and then play a show after you just played a show. <laughs> So it's, it's pretty hardcore, right? That's great. Uh, and then we went, went to the bus tour and bus tour was great. Having a driver, there were so many great things about it, but yeah, you don't, you don't have a hotel room anymore. You don't have a shower. So you kind of got to figure that out. You're yeah. still brushing your teeth on the side of the road from time to time. And I remember we pulled into David Draymond's place in uh, oh, Austin, Texas, and we're, we're rolling up to his mansion in our bus, you know, <laughs> it's like, and he comes out and he's like, so proud of you boys. You know, he's just like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? But yeah. And then we went all the way right back down, you know, right from that bus tour, went right back down to the bandwagon tour, right back yeah. down to the van tour. And there's so many, there's so many great things about each one of those, you know, there's this irreplaceable, each sure. one of them. I'm sure none of them, none of them are bad. You know, ultimately you, you, you want the comfort if you can get it, but like, you know, to, to play music for people, like. To the RV tour. Honestly, like, I think it might be the, my favorite because it's, it's, it's real like lampoons vacation yeah. style. Uh, you know, I've never played so much poker in my life sitting at that table with yeah. the guys and then, you know, like you turn hard left and all the beer falls out of the fridge, onto the floor and your shotgun and all the ones that popped open. It's just like, it's a gong show. Pull into a gas station, meet a bunch of people, have like a spontaneous four-hour party. Yeah. Nice. Like, why not? Best. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your uh, your essentials, your uh, your hot sauce. So, yeah, you're you're like real in the thick of it at this point right now. You're, you're, is it, what is it a GoFundMe or what is it you're doing? Exactly. So we're, we're doing what's a, it's called a front funder and it's a stage before going public on the stock market, basically. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like uh, investing in small businesses right before they could become big business. And, and it's not uh, a GoFundMe in the sense of like, give us some money we're, we got a good idea. It's more like you can buy shares in the company because you think it's a good idea and you, you can, get out and maybe be up or, you know, or maybe you lose all your money if we go bankrupt. So it's kind of like sure. one of those things. Um, but yeah, we're in the thick of it. We just raised uh, like 130 K or something. And wow. we're like, trying to raise half a million. Um, we basically, for those of you who don't know, my wife and I started uh, a clean food company. So we make clean ketchups, clean barbecue sauce, uh, no junk hot sauce. So it's just kind of like, zero chemicals zero crap and but all the flavors so um we've been doing that for eight years you know like time flies we've been doing that now. hey wow i remember when you started yeah. it up like eight years ago hey wow it's so all we grew, thanks yeah we grew it 
as as much as we could. Like we're in a couple hundred grocery stores in BC and Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, it's people love it around here. It's a really successful product. So we brought on a partner last year who said, "Let's take this idea that you guys you know grew, and mm-hmm. grow it in Ontario, and Quebec, and let's grow it in the United States, and let's see if we can blow this up into you know a, a company that that does." big numbers, but also gives people clean options around North America instead of just BC. So we kind of, uh, we were a little scared, to be honest. We were like, you know, we got to, that's kind of big, big for us. But um, he's, he's a great dude and helped us. He, he brought a lot to the table that we, that we don't have. Like I'm, I'm basically the chef in the company. I make the, make the sauces taste good and do some of the marketing and sales and Melissa makes it all look really good. She does all the photography and social media and, and the labels and designs, everything. Um, and then uh, Mitchell, our new partner brings so much um, uh, business to the table and, you know, raising money to, to do things bigger. Like we want to build our own facility eventually and start, you know, actually producing the sauce ourselves in a, in a factory in Vancouver mm-hmm. so that our margins can be higher and, and things can, uh, you know, we can scale things up to service the rest of North America. Mm. Um, but you need millions of dollars to do that kind of stuff, right? So we never really considered it until uh, we worked on our business model with him and just said, look, this actually, you know, if we do this, this, and this, I think we can do all that. And this can be a real profitable company. So imagine if you could take everything you, the hard work you put in here. And like you said, like 200, like that's impressive, man. 200 and just BC and Alberta. Like if, imagine if you could do that, like over in Ontario and then hit a few different places in the States and suddenly you have like five markets that you're getting like, holy shit, well, that's big numbers. Ontario, Ontario and Quebec are, are easily 10 X BC. So, wow. you know, we yeah, right? 10 X there and then USA is 10 X Canada. So our numbers would be, quite different overnight and a couple of our major competitors that we've kind of you know tested ourselves against along the way um those guys have sold to big companies you know like um well that's what they do big companies go hey hey what's going on over yeah we'll give you this much go away well and and sometimes they say they'll continue to run the brand business as usual which is kind of one of our exit strategies is like we want to run this for as long as we can and do it right if somebody comes in and says, here's 140 million bucks, uh, we think you're doing good stuff and we want to be a part of it, which is basically what happened with the craft beer industry, right? Like all these beer lovers came out and said, we're going to make beer our own way. And then all the, you know, the big breweries came around and bought them all up and said, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a real thing, craft beer. So let's, let's just buy them up, let them do it. Still called, uh, you know, it's still called mom and pop brewery. Yep. Yeah. So, hmm. um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's cool. So, yeah, check it out. We we just extended the campaign, so there's 90. I think we close it in May now, so okay. there's 90 more days to get involved. And um, it sounds like crazy to invest in a company. Like we always, you know, just send out a text. To, I even texted my mom, like, "Mom, you want to invest in the company?" She's like, "Oh, investment? That's crazy. That's what is that? Is that like thousands?" It's like, no, it's like 250 bucks minimum. You know, it's you can invest 250 bucks or 500 bucks. Or mm-hmm. if you are like really believe in clean food and want to be a part of it, you can invest 50 grand and 
whatever you want. Like 50 million, like, you know, if the right person, like if Elon Musk is listening, like, dude, 50 million, <laughs> check it to my buddy Johnny. Come on, let's do it. I'm pretty sure for that amount, he'd probably have to buy us out. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but we have perks along the way. And, and one of the perks is, you know, Art of Dying will come play an acoustic show. I think that's the $50,000 one. Oh, nice. Well, that's cool. Which is cool, right? And there's the, like, well, uh, Melissa and I will come to your place, cook you dinner. And then there's tons of like, I don't know, we're doing aprons and cutting boards and tons of sauce kits and just, just cool shit. Just fun, fun perks. What's the website? And we'll I'll put the website in the in the YouTube post as well for people if they want to, you know. Yeah, it's it's Front Funder with no e, so just frontfunder dot com slash uh, Johnny Hetherington Essentials, okay. um, and it's cool. You might discover a lot of different companies that if you have like two grand that you're going to put into RSPs this year, you might want to put it there instead because it's like oh, I can support this little company that came up with a smart suitcase or something you know and mm -hmm. i think it might might have some return on it next year you can do yeah, that instead I mean, of our space yeah right i mean you're, if you're looking for other ways to make money there there are other ways to make it right and supporting yeah. small, supporting small business is never a bad thing totally yeah right on dude um where do you think bedard's gonna go we'll go back to hockey real quick here where do you, where do you expect oh. Bedard to land? I don't know where the wheel's going to spin. Uh, Imagine if he landed in Edmonton. <laughs> oh, oh, my no, God. He can't. He can't, he he can't, right? But imagine. No, he's going to go to, like, one of the bottom feeders, right? So he could wind up in Columbus, or he could wind up in Chicago, or yeah, or maybe Montreal, um, Ottawa. Although Ottawa's tearing it up a bit since, uh, yeah, yeah. since that, that trade with uh, – Chickering, but no, Edmonton's going to win the Stanley Cup. That's they're not they're not going to have a pick next year at all. So it's going to be good. We got Ekholm now. That's real nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish we had Demko. I know you're a Canucks fan. We, I wish we had Demko. I, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised Demko didn't didn't get dealt, but I'm surprised how much uh, Vancouver fell apart this year. That's for sure. Didn't see that coming. Oh, I mean, the way that the went from Boudreaux to talk, it was just embarrassing. That's embarrassing, man. The way you treat your coach. Yeah, not a good, not a good look. There's this not a good look. No, the Aquilinis yeah, took a took a huge hit because of that. Like, dude, their, their Twitter account was like cringy, man, for like weeks. Not good. Still is kinda. Yeah, and I mean, what they what they're doing with even even JT Miller, like, I don't get it. I don't get how any of this really went down, but well, it's like and, and, how, how did they how did they not sign their the last remaining piece of like the the Sedins and and all that era, the captain of the team? You don't sign him, but you sign this other dude. I like, guess they they have a plan, but it's a weird plan. I don't get it. If they had one, it backfired. Like I'd you know Miller's a great player, but he's not like he's not that the the presence that you want like Horvat is and was. Yeah. Well, I, I drive by the building all the time and then watching the banners come down, right? Because there's the Horvat banner and it's yeah. gone. Right then now. there's just like the Besser the Besser ban banner. He didn't get dealt, did he? He didn't, no. No, no. And that was oh, that's a surprise because like he's not living up to what is he making, six mil a season or something? Like Yeah, the, the Besser banner is staying. It can stay. So yeah. they're probably yeah. Whoever changes the banner is probably happy about like, whew, 
Yeah, no doubt. Now? Do I now? Do I now? 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 <laughs> I'd like to film that, right? Like when a, when a franchise player gets traded, you yeah. go down to the building just to film them taking down the banner, being like, shit. Yeah. That's like a ten thousand dollar banner. What are you gonna do with that? Guards, but you know, what did they what did they end up paying him, uh Horvat? Uh eight over eight. Eight over eight. Yeah, a little more, I think, actually. A little yeah. bit more than that. I don't know that Pretty I would have wanted the Canucks to have signed him to that. That's too much, man. Yeah, and I'm happy for him, man. Like to get out to New York, I mean, it's kind of like where hockey players want to go. Look, Kane just went to the Rangers and right, Horvats right. and the Islanders. This is good, man. Like you want to be out there. It's a great part of the world. Great Both city to be. Yeah. So not, not the Vancouver's not. I mean, hockey players love to come here too. Edmonton's had the problem of nobody wants to go there. <laughs> it's like, shit, right. I'd love to play on the Oilers, but I don't want to live in Edmonton, unfortunately. Like it's cold and, you know. It's pretty remote. and Yeah, but that's kind of changed a bit since, since we're going to win the Stanley Cup this year, so. You know what? If the Canucks aren't going to, I would prefer Edmonton of any other Canadian team. It's on. I, I'm so, calling it right now. Like, just just come back to this episode in June. Be right. Like, shit, John, Johnny called it on on uh, March March whatever it was. Edmonton versus who's in the finals then? Oh shit! It's you know. Boston. I want to not not say Boston. I want to not say Boston. It might be the Rangers, man. Mm. Blue on blue. Like, it could be the Rangers. Devils look good. Carolina's strong. Yeah, so we'll see. That, I don't know why that bores me, though. I don't know why. Just like Carolina, Edmonton, although it would be a good battle. But we'll see what happens. Well, McDavid's well, we'll McDavid, McDavid's due, dude. He, he's due. I'm not saying that they're not going to win. So, so you know, I'm on your I'm on your side, man, 100%. Like, if it's not going to be the Canucks, make it the Oilers. All I got to say is, let, let's go. Love it. What are, you, what are you reading lately, bud? Oh, emails. Got any, got any emails? <laughs> emails. Got, you got any, uh, got any recommendations for some rock autobiographies? Oh, no. Honestly, I haven't. I honestly have not had time to oh, really? flip a page. Huh? Yeah. No, I've, I've been. Uh, oh, my daughter's keeping me real busy, Todd. Jeez. Oh, don't kids throw something into the mix, eh? Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's a monster. Um, she's a brilliant singer. Uh, we haven't really talked about this personally, but she just Great. finished a, a stint in the Vancouver opera. So she was, wow. um, yeah, she, at age three, she said, I want to be an opera singer. And at age seven, she finished her first opera with the Vancouver opera. So sky's the limit. Her it's voice is just incredible. insane. Uh, couple four octaves and just the control um we've got her with this really great um teacher that inspired mentor really that it just inspires her and mm -hmm. is teaching her the right way you know and, and she's growing she just finished her first i'm just pop a moment here but she just finished her first uh fourth level voice at royal conservatory um so she's at seven right so it's crazy wow uh, Come on, and dude. we pulled her. We pulled her out of school during the pandemic, and then never went back because she was a bit ahead. And now um, we just give her, gave her this kind of gift of a couple years of music. So she's she's studying piano, voice, uh, ukulele, drums, just 
picked up a, a violin and just doing a little dance and stuff on the side. So keeping some activity in it, but it's mm -hmm. just, yeah, full on music crash course. And um, I don't know what we're getting into. It's crazy, but it's fun. It. And she's, she's got the talent. So it's, it's kind of great, but it's keeping us busy uh and life's full so i'm not reading at all <laughs> yeah no fair fair yeah nurture those talents man for sure and so what's your guys's take on the way that you approach uh you know screen time and and all that like what do you guys do for for that pretty much zero screen time um she, she gets um like she has an ipad and she gets to do a lot of like uh duolingo language stuff so because she wants to be an opera singer she's learning german and um she's already fluent in french and english so she's learning german um and she's learning uh spanish so she's on there with duolingo a uh, great app great site whatever uh to learn languages and we just found out duolingo has a, a math app too so she's doing some like more academical academic school stuff on there too so it's like she does some of that she does her little getaway from everything is uh, a show called The Octonauts. She loves The Octonauts. Okay. Like, yeah. So she's, she's like, can I watch Octonauts for half an hour now? I'm like, yeah. yeah. All right. You've worked, so there, you've worked pretty not, busted your ass today. Okay. Yeah, fair. That's fair, right? Uh, so there's not much binging in your house then? You guys don't rip through a whole bunch of different series or? Well, we binge together. Um, I'm just going to, I'm in her room right now, which is pretty funny, right? So oh, yeah. this is. This is her room. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. in the kids' room. Um, no, we binge watch stuff together. That's kind of our family thing. Is we, uh, yeah, same. we. Uh, she's a little young for some of the stuff we get her into, but um, oh she's yeah, been watching like oh my Stranger, Stranger Things. She's, oh, did you watch that with her? Wow. Okay. Oh yeah, that's... oh yeah. Season four, she got a little, a little oh, yeah. nightmarish, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we kind of treat her maybe it's wrong maybe it's right i don't know we treat her like a, a little adult a lot of the time yeah and she kind of comes along for the ride so um we'll see where that goes <laughs> yep that's the way we've been doing it too dude i mean we probably introduced our kids into you know the world of like i don't know uh harry potter and the lord of the rings and all of those uh, probably way too early <laughs> <laughs> now looking looking back you know five six years old seven years old or whatever and you know like lord of the rings man there's some freaking epic fight scenes with like death everywhere and destruction and you know people getting maimed and and all that but we were like well it's fake it's not real <laughs> exactly <laughs> if you understand that it's um that it's just all fantasy world i think that's cool and i mean Dungeons and Dragons and fake, you know, stuff. It, it, as long as you get it. But I, I get to how some of that stuff can be a little nightmarish. Like you can get some. Oh, for sure. Vecner, Vecner's a pretty yeah. bad, badass dude. Like I look back and, and some of that stuff in Lord of the Rings, like the eye and um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, evil looking shit. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've graduated to the bathroom. I don't know if you can see here. Got my. You know, where where did you move to? <laughs> where are you? No, I've graduated to the bathroom. I was in, in the kitchen. Oh, the bathroom. Now, I'm in the, <laughs> now I'm in the shitter. It's good lighting in here. That's good lighting, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about something. Uh, did I write something down on that? I think I did. 
something specific I wanted to get out here tonight. Uh, oh, yes. I don't know if I've asked you this either. What is your first music music memory? Ooh. I know it's like super hard to, to think of, like immediately think of it, but like just think of that. And like what what was it and like how old were you and like because i can i can only remember stuff like maybe five years old and be before that like i just i can't remember anything i remember uh diving into my dad's kenny rogers record collection with with uh big cans yeah yeah so just strapping on these like big old cans plug you know eighth inch into the record player Everyone considers you coward of the county. <laughs> oh, yeah. With, with uh, some of the stuff I've been doing on the Hetherington side of things, the country yeah. stuff, um, you can definitely hear that. Like, like that yeah. Kenny, like that, that stuff so well written and so cool. Uh, but I'll never forget it. And it's my dad. He just got me into it, right? So yeah. I was like, hook, line, and sinker into the Kenny. Love the Kenny. He was uh, Kenny and, and Dolly in my place at my house. Oh yeah, lots of Dolly. Well, you remember Jenny Galt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jenny and I did a Kenny Rogers uh, duet. Uh, Don't fall in love with a dreamer. Okay. Um, we did that years ago, and I can't remember when I dusted it off. But she moved back to Poland, and and I was just going through old MP3s of what I had. I'm like, oh shit. There's this don't fall in love with a dreamer that Jenny and I did. And I, I just hanged her online. I'm like, should we release this? Sounds great. And she's like, let's do it. So I just put it out there. So it's oh. just, uh, I think it's just Johnny Heatherton and Jenny Gall do okay. it. Fall in love with a dreamer. And that was, she came into my house, this house here. And we, she brought a guitar and we cracked open a bottle of something. And we just played it five times press record on a mic she she's such a good player and singer she played guitar and sang and i sang it's just two voices one guitar mm. and it's completely live off the floor in my kitchen take you know so beautiful but um yeah i always treasure that moment because it was kind of like i'm sure i was thinking back to those early records sitting on my dad's couch with my dad's headphones on just listening to you know, Ruby, don't take your love to tell. <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, I, I remember that too. Like, those are the memories for me. Like sitting in my, my, my parents had this hassock that was just, you know, full of records and you get know, to flip through and pull them out and like read the liner notes. And, you know, I, I I'm, I'm kind of sad that that's not part of music today. Yeah. I mean, I guess too, it, yeah. Like, for the majority of people, that's not music. Totally. And, you know, you see the stats all the time. Record sales are on the rise, like vinyl sales still. Yeah. Coming up, coming up. So people are still enjoying that in some ways. But I agree, man. Like, for, for you and me, I'm sure our stories are very similar where you, you go get that cassette and just rip open that, you know, Whoa. sleeve and be like, who the fuck are they thanking on this reading thing? Reading along oh the God. whole time, the first spin through, like reading every single lyric with the singer, like 
and and like why did they choose this, this photo to go behind this song and totally why like, is this that's weird cool image that's over there here and, behind this song? Yeah, like dude man I and you read every lyric yeah. oh the thank yous man like we as a band we used to spend almost as much time making the record as we did making the thank you list we we're like right. you know Make sure to thank Todd Hancock and Danger right. down at Sea Fox for spinning song. Okay, thank our parents. Like we would organize our. Okay, you do your thank yous. I'll do my thank yous. Everyone does their thank yous, and then we what we get if there's any overlap. You know, we go back and edits. Make sure we're not thanking the same people more than twice. Then the band has to thank certain people as well, not just people. So you right. thank your mom and dad, but I'm not going to thank your mom and dad because you know I'm thanking my mom and dad. You know, it's like, and you try and get all that onto one CD page. You're yeah. like struggling. Like, okay, we got to delete like three thank yous, man. Who, who's not making the cut? You know, we'd worked on this for months. You know, and uh, and now, honestly, I haven't even thought about it. Just, just yeah. release the song. That's what the fans want, right? Like, our our last actual record, because uh, um, when we did the Rise Up record. Mm -hmm. the label we were with didn't actually release a hard copy. So we never did the thank yous on that record. I, I don't recall anyway. We probably maybe did for the artwork, mm -hmm. but it never got released. Um, so the last thank yous we did were with Warner Brothers on our big record. We're like probably thinking the same thing, but those early records, man, it was like, got to thank everybody. Like mm -hmm. that, that come to our show when no one was there that was always in the front the guy who bought us that jug of beer that time in Kelowna when we were you know like gotta thank everyone yeah but that was part of the magic of, of, of the liner notes um and actually I'm, I'm working on some liner notes right now because um a, a dude um I'm not sure if I ever told you this story but a dude uh an artist that I met him and I have been working on this collaborative art project for a couple of years now. Um, long story short, he is a brilliant poet, Italian, writes in Latin, and uh, makes sculptures to kind of go with his poetry. He asked me to come and write some music and songs to the... In, to be inspired by the statues and poetry. Cool. So I flew to New York, went to his place, crashed in his house. We did, we rented a piano, sat there for five days, just talking about the ideas of the poems and the ideas of the emotions behind them. And then I busted up the piano and wrote uh, 12 minutes of music to go with each poem and we were releasing a record on vinyl <laughs> wow. so it's gonna it's gonna be um it's hopefully w when we release he's gonna debut the art at a gallery in new york um mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna hopefully fly out and actually perform it on opening night cool. at the gallery and then the records will be there for people that want to take the experience with them and whoever wants to you know just if you appreciate the art, you appreciate the music. It's just this big, big, cool thing. But it's so cool, man. And I'm singing in Latin, right? So I'm, and I don't know Latin. So yeah. I'm really just phonetically figured out these songs. Mm -hmm. um, and the cool, the, the coolest part of it is um, 
the, the woman that I, I felt that a woman's voice was needed on it for sure, because it's um, not to give too much of it away, but the poems are about the four times of day. So, you know, dawn, dusk, uh, day and night. And it's kind of these, it's almost like a four seasons approach to the, the one, one singular day. Mm. And I felt like just me singing was kind of too masculine. So um, this woman who used to do our demos for our uh, sauce company <laughs> happens to be an opera, opera singer. And I was like, hey, <laughs> do you want to come sing some female vocals on this kind of modern-y, weird art Latin thing? And she said, yeah, absolutely. So she came out and sang on it and it was perfect. It was great. Um, and she's also now my daughter's opera teacher mm. that we were talking about earlier. And when I worked on this originally, Jake, uh, my daughter was too young to appreciate any of this. Now she's seven, almost eight, and she can appreciate all of it. So I'm thinking that when I go perform in New York, I'm going to take Jake to sing the operatic parts with me. So it might be like a father, daughter, wow. opening in an art gallery. That'd be pretty rad, right? That is insane, man. That's great. Wow. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, all this stuff's just stuff that's cooking in, in the hopper, but it's, um, you know, it's exciting to kind of see that come to fruition. We started working on that pre-pandemic. So it's oh, been wow. like... It's been a while. Yeah. I was in New York working on that in... I guess the year before the pandemic was like, how long ago was that? Four or five years. <laughs> I don't even know. What an insane couple of years, man. Like just to look back now, like two, two years plus was wasted pretty much. Totally. Hey, 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 to honestly, I hate to think about it. Man. I, hate, I hate to think about it. Like I almost stopped my podcast because of COVID. Just lost so many. Oh man, I lost so many sponsors. I, for the amount of time that I spend doing this podcast and marketing it and like, you know, finding guests and finding sponsors and all that, like I need to make money or it's like pointless. I'm not like just going to, you know, as much as I like doing it, I don't like doing it that much. You know what I mean? Like I, I sometimes miss my kid hockey practices or, you know what I mean? Or did you see my comment the other day when you, you posted your live stream? No, I didn't see it. What did you say? basically this like you were you were talking like you were having a heart to heart with us just talking about shit i, I lost a client today and i'm like i lost oh, a sponsor yeah. today yeah yeah i'm bummed <laughs> and i was like dude this is like gold gold yeah. golden podcast like it really it really hit me i was because you were being so real with with me and everyone else who's watching it and i was just like that's really todd right there that he is yeah in his soul and this is cool like so i thought that was really just important that you were well that's cool yeah no i mean like I, like i said this, this podcast is not about money but if i'm gonna spend that amount of time making something I, there has to be something on the other end has exactly to yeah yeah as anyone would expect in any facet of life right yeah absolutely i mean there was a time when i i didn't have my job at bcit and this podcast was about money and and that you know and that for somebody for somebody that's supposed to be a creative shouldn't be about money it should be because you like doing it first off and if you make money as a spin-off fucking rights that's great like that's kind of where i'm at with this thing now thankfully i have a job at 
BCIT and it's pretty good job and pretty good pay and it's rewarding in itself. Right. But like, it's not yeah. rewarding in this way. Dif it's a rewarding in a different way. Like you're helping others, other people do better and get better at their craft and all that. That's very rewarding. But like, yeah, it's not, it's not rewarding. Like this is, you know, just, just talking to a, a female singer friend of mine the other day yeah. and she was, um, going through a rough time and i was just we were chatting and she was just saying i i, I have to do this you know like this is my calling there's such such a difference between what you do and what your calling is mm. and the significant other in her life couldn't understand that under no circumstances you know or under any circumstances she's not not doing this anymore it's like mm. and and from a 10,000 feet, you know, from someone else's opinion, you'd be like, why would you, you know, touring as an semi unsuccessful musician is not really rewarding. It's definitely not going to make you any money and it's hard and it's a grind and, you know, it's rough. So why do you keep putting yourself through that? And she's like, it's my calling. I have to do it. If I don't do it at least once or twice a year, I'm not, I don't feel human anymore. So I, you know, that's kind of the difference between a teaching gig and something you're super passionate about that you kind of feel driven to do no matter what. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm even starting to feel like the pull to go back to radio, too. Like, I've been feeling the last couple, two, three years, like, maybe I should go back and just fucking crush again. Like, I don't know. Dude, that would be music to my ears. You know that. Yeah, I think, I think the city would like it if I were, like... When jobs come open, a lot, you know, a lot of industry people are like, hey, you should probably apply for the afternoons at Rock 101. You should you should probably apply at, at, at peak to do their morning show. It's like, ah, I've got this podcast and I'm teaching at BCIT. I get summers off. I've, you know, my life is so much different than when it was in radio. Like, you know, like something about being able to spend time with your family, it's you can't put a price on that shit, right? And as you get older, you start to realize that more and more, like, you know, I'm I'm turning fifty this year, bro. Fifty, man. Like, Golden. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, tick, maybe TikTok. Maybe man. you and you and Danger should just like buckle <laughs> down and just just start a new station. Well, danger <laughs> damn, start a new station would be in dude, I would you know, I never thought I never ever thought of the programming side of radio too much i mean i did but like never really thought of it in that regard when i was on air because i was always like i just want to be the person that's on air like i want to be the the guy talking between the songs and like hanging out backstage drinking fucking dave Grohl's beer like that's that's what i want to do i just want to hang out and be part of the scene and you know help so we bands. Can get rob robson we can get rob robson on board rob robson he, he, would be great bob mills you know, get the voice back come out of the woodwork it's just, it's like, just it's so expansive man first off if you can get it past the crtc in the first place to get the license and everything man like whew, it's expensive man to, to start a station it's it's no What's small that all about? what you know, is that all about like you know, is that some antiquated shit or what like hey dude, like do you even need to go on do you even need to be on on FM though, like you could really start a good online station and turn the needle with that, man. 
Absolutely. I, I think. It'd be, it'd be fun to do both, though, just for, for the generations that that still, like, I, I mean, I listen to Sirius XM because, yeah. again, the hockey. Like, I'm just Channel 91. Like, what's going on in the hockey trades today? Mm-hmm. I just jump on there. But the odd time now, like, I honestly don't listen to Vancouver radio anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have, I haven't been given a reason to. Um, when that news station came into town recently, Sonic. Uh, yeah, I was kind of intrigued because it got some press about playing. They played uh, Rage for, like, 48 hours straight or something. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, that that that's stunning, of course, right? But uh, you know, if like for stunning. me, uh, uh, I, I got my attention. Though. I was like, oh, is, is Todd starting a stage? <laughs> the, the problem that I have with that is, is like the song that they pick, they picked, they couldn't even play the unedited version. Like, if you want to make oh. want to make a statement, play "fuck you." I'm not going to do what you tell me. Don't play right. the edited version. You know what I mean? Like, that was the one you thing. But, but great, you <laughs> but right, but but a great, but a great way to launch a radio station, and then you know it's like, eh. yeah, and then they lost me right away. It was like, eh, yeah, exactly. it's like you know what else? Like what else are you gonna do, right? Like, got to be more than just the music. Otherwise, I'll just play shit that I want on my on my end. I think. Well, so I mean, anyone who's listening from from Vancouver, which I'm sure most. A lot of your listeners are right well, now. Maybe not most now, but yeah, a lot. Probably 70%. So maybe, okay, 70%. So maybe some people remember Coast 1040. And yeah. that was, when I moved out here, it was like, I moved out in 94. And that was the year Coast 1040 went away. And I was like, I missed, I missed it. I was like, everyone was talking Coast 1040, the, the closing party. Like, the, the, this is the best radio station on the planet. Right. I'm like, why? You know, and why? Because they play anything they want. They play all these B sides and they play all this shit. Like, they don't care. They're great. I was like, oh, shit. I got here like a year too late. Yeah. And then Seafox kind of carried, I think, some of that. Seafox yeah. is corporate radio station. But I mean, when, when I was dropping off my demos at Seafox, it was on, you know, uh, Richard Street in the so. basement. And it was, you know, that was also knock on the door. Own, they were owned by Shaw and not Chorus at that point. Right. Yeah. And it was like, knock on the door. Someone comes to the door. It might even be the DJ answering the door. And you're like, oh. hey, hey, I got, a, I got a demo tape for you guys. What's going on? You know, Get oh, come on stairs, in. You know, yeah. Have a beer. There's some beers in the fridge. Let's just, you know, who are you guys? Oh, we're a local band. You know, right. it was cool. That, that was, I mean, I don't know. If, does that even exist anymore? Where Dude, a local so band, fun. no man, can walk no. into a radio station with a demo tape and have a beer with a DJ? Nope, probably not. No, I mean, I may have been one of the last guys playing blazing those guns in Vancouver. Like, you know, I would bring bands in that we didn't play and play them on the air. And, and my mind was like, well, it's my show. First off, like, I'm not going to do something that I think is not going to get people wanting to listen. Like I, I live and die by the ratings on that station. So like, if I think it's good enough for my show, it should be good enough for the station. Like you're paying me a lot of money to be that person, to be the person that is the guy that interviews everybody that MCs everything. So why couldn't I just play whatever the fuck I wanted to play then? And I did to some degree, 
but I always took heat for it, right? It's like, man, I, yeah, you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do something to kill my show. Like, I need to get the ratings, so I'm playing this because it's a great song, or it's they've got a great story, or they're playing in town. They're from New York, but they're here. We don't play them, but we should, like that sort of shit. And like, I just did when it. When the bands came to town, you had them in the studio, and you had your drum kit there. Totally, man. it was awesome. It was yeah. like you felt like, oh, and they're you know. If we brought a case of beer in there, it was great. It's like perfect. Oh yeah, case of beer, and some, some tequila. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I don't even know if that exists anymore. Like where you can roll into a radio station with with twenty four beer and play a couple songs on the air, you know, and that and people are going to listen. Ratings are going to go up because you're supporting. Oh, by the way, they're at the Commodore tonight. Maybe you should get down there. Honestly, I don't know, man. And that's the that's the problem. That's the problem though, right? Like radio needs to still do that. The the radio needs to move in just so few ways. And it would make radio cool again, right? And it's like it's still that stuff, right? The playing of the like here's Daniel Wesley. Like everybody when I first started playing, they were like, Who the hell is this? Why are you guys not playing it all the time? Why do I only hear it on your show and it's only like once or twice a week? What a story that was, eh? And it's because, like, yeah, because I'm going to get shit for playing it. That's why. Um, he was so great. Is he, is he still doing it? Yeah, he's still banging some shit off him. Yeah. So um, good. But, but, you know, the other things are very, very basic, right? You just mentioned album cuts a, a few minutes back. Play album cuts. Like, not on every album, but those albums that sold 10, 12, 15, 5, 10, 20 million albums. Like, don't play just Enter Sandman. And I was just thinking, I was, you took the words out of my mouth, like, right? we all know Andrew Sandman, and we love yeah. it, but, but you might want to hit We, the, we get the, it, track but, but Of Wolf and Man is fucking rad. Through the Never is amazing, and it's for all yeah. those records, right? Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Nevermind, all those albums, all the, GNR's Appetite, like, GNR Appetite, really, you only play, like, Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle, that's it? Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. Can't play Night Train. No, no, no. <laughs> you can if you want to get in shit for it. Yeah. But That's letting true, out man. all the trade secrets and radio, where all the program directors are like, fuck that Hancock guy, man. He's just trashing us on this podcast. Like, I'm not trashing. I'm just trying to say, like, you know, play some B sides, surprise your audience. The other thing is, like, play local bands, present their shows. Suddenly you've got this big cycle of, like, holy crap, I heard your band on C Fox today. Holy crap, I'm going to your show that's being hosted, sponsored by Seafox. And it's this big thing of everybody's talking about your radio station for free. Dude, I did three interviews this week in the United States, and people are asking about um, the origins of the band. And I can't leave out how integral Seafox Seeds program was to my band becoming successful because we're a local Vancouver band, you know, playing our hearts out in the local shit clubs and we would enter seeds. You know, the story, like we entered seeds as sun like star um, in the late nineties and we were one of the winners. So that propelled us into this new, like now we're with, this wave of bands that are that are uh, doing something a little different. Um, who was that band? Uh, 
Corey, uh, Corey Cho, the Showcore. Remember Showcore? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was exactly. that year where I was like, Showcore and some like Star. 2004 or something like that, somewhere around there. Yeah, and it was kind of like this, we felt so fortunate to be part of the Seeds winning program. We were just like, wow, this is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, we ended up changing the band name as our style changed and re-entered Seeds uh, in 2000 and whatever it was. And one again as an as Art of Dying. And that really, like, I mean, when I was writing up our accolades to send around to people, like, yeah, Seeds winners, Art of Dying, you know, like local radio station supports us. And these are the things that led to, like, the Dan Donigans and of Disturbed going, huh, local mm-hmm. radio station likes them. I should probably listen to their demo, you know, and check it out. And of those three interviews I did this week in the States, I talked about Sea Fox mm-hmm. in 2000. I talked about Sea Fox Seeds program. And I have to tell you, a tiny bit of me while I was talking about it inside was kind of like crying a bit about that's kind of gone, isn't it? Like, does that exist anymore? Sea Fox Seeds does not exist. Not since right. I got let go. In fact, that, that year, dropped that. They dropped the Indie Night in Canada show. Uh, so mandatory Metallica, the mandatory Marley that dad implemented on that station on both evening and the afternoon show, like pretty much everything that I had like a touch in, it felt like they were like, and I mean, I don't know if we would have had the same story without that program, you know, like it, and that's why I still bring it up on these interviews is like. Yeah, we're part of this thing. You've never heard of it. It's called Sea Fox Seeds, and it was like a thing in our local radio station. And it really helped us, you know, really helped us climb a couple rungs and like figure out who we were and and start to think about going down to Seattle and playing some shows. And I, I just it's sad that it doesn't exist. So yeah, right. it's weird. It's like, I miss it. I, I wish it still existed. Yeah, same. I like mean, that. That, that brought us, you know. Nickelback, that brought us Biff Naked, that brought us Matthew Good, that brought us like all these amazing Vancouver based artists. Yeah. And what's going on now? I don't even know. I'm a little frustrated that it doesn't. Well, I mean, if you want to know about Vancouver bands, upcoming bands, this is the podcast, man. I, I just, <laughs> I just play local bands, right? Like most of the time it's most of the time it's rock, but I'll play like, you know, if buddies are playing shows that are country or soul or hip hop or you know, certainly metal, of course, like I- I'll play whatever. I'm just trying to support the scene. Like I always have. Right. Like, totally. but yeah, it's a, it's amazing, man. It's amazing that how, where radio is and where it needs to be. And, and that, and thankfully that's one of the reasons why I, I, I'm still, you know, working at, at BCIT and that, and that radio arts program is because I want to, I want to be able to influence change, right? Like I can change stuff from the inside one at a time. If I go back to radio, I'll, I'll change the station I go to. I'll make it a better station. I know I will, but I, if I have a chance to influence 40 kids every September, 40 new ones, it's two years. So it's like 80, 80 students year one year two like uh yeah i'll 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 be able i'll be able to influence and hopefully 
inspire enough to get people to make the change that needs to happen. Totally. Well, thank you for doing it, man. Because, I mean, there's only a few soldiers left and some pioneers, you know, that, that can go out and change things and you're doing it. And thank you. Well, I'm doing it from this way, baby. This is uh, this is where where I'm at right now. Like, I'll probably go back to radio eventually, but uh, I don't I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon, unless there's a really good gig. Uh, what that means is I'm I'm not really super sure, but decent I'll, money, I'll some, some time off would be nice, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Johnny. So l- let's put a little bow on this tonight here. Um, new art of dying. It's coming out when? Did did we nail that at that date down? I know that you were like it's coming out soon. Do you have a yeah, date? Yeah, March 10th. March 10th. March 10th. Oh, so, so let's go. It's it's like TikTok. Let's go. TikTok, baby. If that's still legal. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, no, it comes out March 10th. So be okay. uh listening for Let's Go. And it's gonna be my personal theme song for the Oilers deep run here in the Stanley Cup. You're sending it to them for that, obviously, right? I haven't, but I really need yeah. to. I think yeah. you should. Uh, maybe it's like a daily thing on on Twitter to send them the song. You know, it'd be cool to at Oilers play this. It'd be cool if the anyway. Uh, <laughs> when's an art of dying tour? Great question, man. Not no plans right now. So <laughs> we'll we'll wait till the boys get back from the current San Antonio tour, and then uh, we'll sort it out. But it it's not. I don't know if it's imminent, man. Like it. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but we we're really comfy right now, just recording and releasing music, and it's really gratifying and it feels good. I think we can keep this this you know one song every eight to twelve weeks. Um, I think we can keep it going for quite some time because we just keep getting creative and recording stuff and want it to be out. So mm-hmm. I don't see that ending anytime soon. We'll probably take a break. Maybe once we hit like a, just a brick wall on writing, we'll we'll start planning for a tour. It's probably what we'll do. Yep, yep. All right, Johnny Hetherington. You're a good man, buddy. Good to see you. <laughs> you too, man. Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify at Toddcast Podcast.